Whether you're starting a game or starting your day, you need to pick a starting lineup and you're going to want the starter from Jack Black. Loaded with the superior skincare the pros love, Kings fans can get the starter for just $10, shipping included. Available exclusively at GetJackBlack.com with the code TEAMJB, the starter has four of Jack Black's best-selling skincare and shave products, plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm, SPF 25. Here's to the winning combination for 2023, the LA Kings and the starter from Jack Black. $10 plus free shipping, available at GetJackBlack.com with the code TEAMJB, while supplies last. You're listening to an L.A. Kings podcast. For more episodes of this and every other Kings program, visit lakings.com slash podcast. Wait out quick. No! Oh, a tremendous save by Quick. Reaching out with You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the L.A. Kings. Kempe for Jersey, shot, glides off the post, rebound, score! Andrzej Kopitar bangs it in! Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. About a week ago, on Wednesday, February 15th, the L.A. Kings held the 2023 L.A. Kings Festival and stayed at the franchise event in Microsoft Theater at L.A. Live. The evening included a wonderful conversation between Bob Miller and Dustin Brown, which we will bring to you at a later date, because today we're bringing you the other portion of the night's program. State of the franchise with General Manager Rob Blake, Assistant General Manager Nelson Emerson, President of the LA Kings Luke Robitaille, and Head Coach Todd McClellan. Take it away, Daryl Evans. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Microsoft Theater. My name is Daryl Evans, and I'm going to serve as your MC tonight. I'd like to make a special welcome on behalf of the LA Kings to LA Kings Festival 2023, our first festival since 2020. So welcome, everybody. I want to say a special thanks to our season ticket membership that are in attendance here tonight. We appreciate all your support over the years. Also a reminder that all proceeds from this event tonight will benefit the King's Care Foundation. A lot of fun activities going on throughout the building tonight. Tonight we have a silent auction, a mystery box, silver stick, a garage sale, and you'll get a chance to spend some time in Bailey's Den. But before we get to all the festivities and everything, let's reflect on our season so far this year. In the offseason last year, we acquired Kevin Fiala, who today leads the Kings in scoring. Team's off to a good start. Here we are on February the 15th, sitting in a playoff position in the Pacific Division. After a 12-day break, unknown, how's the team going to perform? We come out, we win both games with the support of the fans here at Crypto.com Arena. And a special night on Saturday night as we celebrated an unbelievable evening raising Dustin Brown's number 23 to the rafters, putting a statue out front of the building after a remarkable 18-year career with the Kings. So it's been a magical week so far, and we hope it's just the beginning of a lot of great moments to come for the remainder of this season. So enjoy this evening tonight, and the program will begin in a couple of minutes. Good evening, everybody. How's everybody feeling tonight? 
So glad to have the LA Kings Festival back in person. I know uh, last year we did our State of the Franchise in a socially distanced manner uh, on the ice surface. Everybody was sitting in the stands. This is It's so great to see everybody once again. I've already seen a lot of familiar faces here tonight. Uh, and it's great to have an intimate venue here where we can all uh, get together with one another. Uh, what a season it's been so far. Uh, the Kings just hit the 30-win mark exactly the same pace as last year when they hit the 30-win mark. And, of course, the team went on to the Stanley Cup playoffs, one win away from moving on to the second round, and we hope that we can get to that next level here this year. Uh, it's been exciting to see this push for the postseason, and who better to talk uh, about the current state of the team than some of the folks who run the organization. First up, I want to introduce the uh, president of the Los Angeles Kings. He is in his 16th season as an executive with the organization. You just know him as Lou. Lucky Luke Robitaille. A Hockey Hall of Famer, of course. And another Hockey Hall of Famer who is the general manager of the Los Angeles Kings. His 10th season in the front office overall is 6th as the GM. Everybody, it's Rob Blake. Another Bowling Green Falcon alum is Nelson Emerson, who is, uh, he's been with the organization for quite some time. 2007, he came aboard in hockey operations. Now in his first season as assistant general manager, congratulations on the promotion, Nelson Emerson. And finally, in his fourth season as head coach for the Los Angeles Kings, he recently moved into 23rd on the NHL's all-time wins list and fifth all-time in L.A. Kings history in wins. Everybody, it's Todd McClellan. I know we've got a lot to get to in a short period of time here, so I want to start with you, Luke. I know you got some uh, opening remarks. Yeah, real quick. Like, uh, it's been three years since we've done uh, this type of event, so it's great to see everyone. I know there's a lot of people stuck outside. We heard about the traffic, and we heard about everything, but it's great to see you guys. It's uh, great that uh, you, you'll be able to spend some time with our, with our players, so I certainly think this is... Uh, it's uh, glad that we're able to do that now, finally. Uh, the other thing I just want to say real quickly is thank our entire staff. I mean, our foundation with Jennifer Pope and, and, uh, and her, her entire staff. And then our game entertainment staff that last week had to work really hard to, on the Dustin Brown event. And, you know, the entire group has been working since last summer, marketing everywhere behind the scene. It's incredible the amount of work. And... It was a very special night for you guys that were there Saturday. It's something that we'll always remember. And then, you know, having to do a game Monday and then getting ready for this event. So I want to thank everyone for all their hard work the last uh, few weeks, obviously. And uh, well, besides that, let's go. You know, let's just go and then let's have a Bobby talk and then we'll take some questions. Well, I'm going to throw uh, Rob right in the fire here. You care to talk about any uh, left shot defensemen? Uh, maybe? Yeah. I know Everett, we have some questions from fans. We'll get to them in just a minute, but I know you've got something prepared on uh, kind of where the organization sits yeah. right now. Well, we knew we'd get that left shot D question, so we signed Mikey Anderson to an uh, eight-year deal today. So. That, that's what you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 
no, no, it's, it's nice to be back up in front of you. Um, you know, with a, with a few years here, we've had to do some different uh, some different updates. We call it state of the franchise. I know the first few we did were real in depth. Uh, you know, a bunch of different slides, kind of outlining a plan. I think we've progressed now. Um, where tonight we want to take you through where we stand in the standings now. Some of the, some of the related. Uh, statistics that uh, put us in this place and also go over the lineup. So we're, we're going to have a, a couple slides. We'll show them up on the screen and uh, we'll walk you through them. I'm not sure uh, how they're getting up there, but they should be. Um, but maybe we'll start, we, we can start first just by going over the lineup. I, I, I think you, you've seen the last few weeks here. We're starting to get some healthy bodies. Here you go here um, in the lineup and uh, now, you, now you're starting to see how it takes shape. Uh, you know, the top line right now, if you look, with, with Quinton Byfield, Kopitar, and with Kempe. Obviously, Adrian Kempe um, set their, you know, a, a season record for himself last year with 34 goals. He's definitely on pace again. Uh, Luke said he's on a heater right now. So <laughs> I think that means he's doing really well. Um, you know, obviously, Moore, Deneau, and Arvidsson, we saw the success that they had last year. We really missed Trevor Moore when he was out uh, at Christmas with his injury. Uh, not only his speed, his tenacity on the ice, but just in the dressing room alone. So the last few games, uh, getting him back in that lineup has, has put guys in the right areas, and we're going to get him up to speed. But I think Phil Deneau and, and Arvidsson, uh, you've seen them over the past couple of years. They've continued it. But what it gives us is a real good one-two punch with Kopitar and Deneau. Uh, obviously, the addition of Fiala, I think, on our power play, uh, on the offensive side of the puck, he, he's very creative. And, uh, you know, the best way to tell, uh, you know, Todd can talk a lot about the coaching staff and the structure they put in place. But when we watch from upstairs, when our players look for him on the ice, we, we know that they want to get him the puck because it's probably going to end up with a point off of it. So, uh, you know, he's been able to come in and, and Lazat's been able to center him. Uh, and, and give us that work every day. Lazat does a real good job at taking care of his line mates. And in that we mean uh, not only the work ethic every day that's contagious, but he, he gets on pucks, he turns pucks over, and he's really, really good on the defensive side. So he, he's been able to work with Fiala, and we put Iofalo on that uh, uh, on the right side there with them that uh, allows the coaching staff to match up and, and, and get matches in our favor because, uh, you know, you go Kopitar, know they're going to want to match their top D or their top lines against them, and then we can come back with Fiala, Lazat, and Iafalo. So it, it's given us a little advantage the last couple games, and we hope to build on that. You know, on the fourth line, uh, one of the one of the, the players that have uh, kind of been up and down early in the season, but really solidified as a, his area on this team, but but more so on a special team, and that's on penalty kill is Kapari. You know, he, we, we've seen the, yeah, very good. He's we, we've seen his flashes of his speed and his size, but it gives a it gives a coaching staff a right-handed shot centerman uh, on the penalty kill, and, and that's effective because the new rules now. Uh, the offensive team on the power play, they dictate what side of the ice they want to take it on. Well, Dano and Kopi are lefties, so, so we don't have a natural right-handed centerman out there. And, uh, you know, Rass has been able to come into the lineup and, and get some extra minutes in that area. Um, 
you know, obviously, uh, uh, Jared Anderson Dolan, we know what kind of trusting player he is. Uh, uh, you know, a little slow start where he couldn't get in the lineup early in the season. We had some injuries, and he's really taking a, a advantage of that. And uh, what he can do is play multiple positions, different spots in the lineup, depending on that last road trip. We had four different forwards out. He, he was playing net front on the first unit to, uh, to, to be in a real solid uh, penalty killer or, or, or doing a defensive role on the fourth line. So he, he's given us a lot of versatility minutes and then uh, we welcome back obviously uh, Arthur Kelly of the past couple games and, and you can see right away where his offensive instincts on the power play particularly his shot it gives us a real good dynamic and he was able to capitalize on that uh, a couple of the injured guys, uh, Carl Grunstrom and, and Gabe Velarde, just a couple quick updates. Both are progressing real well. Uh, uh, Gabe Velarde will be the first one to come back in the lineup. He looks like he's been in practice, uh, you know, full practice and be able to withstand the contact and everything. And the next step will be for Carl Grunstrom to get in that. And then obviously a, a, a physical element and a, and a guy that, you know, provides a lot of energy that wasn't in the last couple games. But when he gets in there, he, he, he solidifies that fourth line role for us was Brendan Lemieux. So I, I think with that forward group, you know, we, we, we've envisioned that from day one. We haven't really had the health we wanted there all along, but we're, we're certainly getting that direction and uh, it makes for a lot of, a lot of competition. Uh, on the back end, we talked about uh, Mikey Anderson. We were thrilled to be able to, uh, to lock him up long term. And, um, yeah. Some of, some of the thoughts that go into it, we, you know, not, not only the play. Listen, he's established himself as an elite defender against the top, top players in the, in, in the game, and, and we use him on a, on a nightly basis in that role. You saw it last year in the playoffs against the top players on Edmonton. He was able to go with them. So um, when you look to extending a player like that, uh, it, it's basically everything else that comes with it. He's got leadership. He, he's real low maintenance. He shows up and he does his job. So we, we know we plug him in our lineup for, for the next eight years. We know exactly what we have, and uh, he really solidifies that pair. He, he's had a lot of success playing with Drew Doughty. We're, we're, we're lucky and fortunate Drew's healthy this year. We, uh, uh, you know, last year was the first season in his career that he had to battle all these injuries, but He's been able to come back, and those two give us a real good matchup for the top lines. Uh, Matty Roy, another real solid, very similar to a Mikey Anderson. Yeah, just on the right side, he uh, he provides a real steady and influence right from day one here. Uh, um, probably real noticeable last year with the amount of injuries on the left, uh, uh, sorry, to the defensive core. We were plugging different players in there, and, and the way to get those players uh, up to speed or feel comfortable was to put them with Matty Roy. And uh, I think we did the same thing early in the season here with Sean Dersey. We had to ask Sean to, yeah, he's a very good player. But we had to ask him to do something that's real difficult to do and, and switch sides. Uh, you know, when we, we looked at the different makeup of our defensemen and, and uh, just the characteristics of Sean ga Sean's game, he's got real good deception, he's real good with the puck. We put him on the offside, and, and there's some defending things that you have to adjust in that. But the common pair was playing with Matty Roy, and, they, and they've been able to do that all season. We've been very, very happy with their production. And then Sean gives us a real good element on the power play. And, and, and you know, that's probably his specialty when he gets out there is, is uh, moving the puck around and finding the open guys. And then, uh, you know, on the backside of that, uh, Alex Edler, again, giving us a lot of the... Uh, 
I guess you call it stability on the back end. We, we know what kind of game he's going to bring. Um, but, but he also is a big influence on our young players in the dressing room. And that was a, a main priority in the summer was getting him back in that lineup so that he could fulfill that role for us. And then we're lucky that Sean Walker's also come back from a very serious, well, two years of injuries. I mean, he had a, he took a puck in the face two years ago, and then he had his ACL reconstructed last year, missed all year. Um, we knew at the beginning of the year, the first 10 or 15 games, it was going to be a challenge to get right up to speed. You can do all the practice, all the rehab you want, but to get full up to speed will take some time. And I, I think over the last 20 games, you've really seen him come into his own. Um, you know, and then and then in goal, uh, obviously uh, Jonathan Quick hasn't had the year he would be happy with, and he's been battling here the last few weeks to get that game up to speed, and, and we're real confident he will. Um, the big turning point, I think, in our season was when uh, Phoenix Copley came into the lineup, and, and what he's been able to do is. Um, It's just give our uh, give a level of stability in the goaltender position. Now he he's ha he has a terrific win loss record and has been able to put us into a position where we're we're going to be battling for a playoffs on down the stretch here. But the co they complement each other and they work well together and we're we're comfortable that they're going to raise their games up here as we go down the stretch. So. Um, just before we take some questions and, and Nelson speaks, we'll go across the top. Some of the, uh, you know, the different analytics or different stats that we use. Obviously, um, one of our goals, you know, start of the season, we got to get in the playoffs. But how do you get into the playoffs? How many points do you need and everything? We felt, uh, and it's been this way for a long time in the NHL. A uh, hundred points gets you in. You don't even ask questions. You get into the playoffs. We we went into 41 games halfway through the season at 50 points. So right on that pace, and and we've got to continue it right now. We're sitting at 67 points right now. Um, the age of our team is in a real good area, 20, uh, 26.1 right now, uh, total age, but that's good for ninth in, in the league. So uh, the combination of some of the older older players and the Kopitar's quick and the Dowdies, but now we welcome in the Calias, the Byfield, Mikey Andersons. It puts us in an age that can, can uh, be competitive and stay competitive. Um, you know, I think one of the, the things we've seen this team be able to do uh, over the past couple of years, but another emphasis is our uh, offensive output and the goals per game. It's taken a step in the right direction this year. A lot of that gets related to the power play. Our power play is now in the top ten, I think six, uh, uh, when we finished here a couple nights ago. And, 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 and I think um, the combination of a few things. They, they, Kevin Fiala coming in has been able to uh, change the look of, of some of the players on the power play, but it's also given us two power plays, so they're very competitive against each other. And uh, Jim Hiller, a, a coach we brought in this summer to run the power play, gave uh, Todd and his coaching staff a whole perspective outside on wh where would you want a right-hander, where, where would uh, Kopitar look on the power play, how can we get some more movement. Now you're seeing these two power plays go one after another and have success, so that, that's taken us uh, yeah it's taken us uh, up in the offensive standing and the goals for um, you know the one the one part that our, our game early in the season was really lacking was on penalty kill and I mentioned the addition of, uh, of Rasmus Kapari and uh, giving us a right-handed center in the, in the uh, D zone draws there to control that but also uh, just putting that in has, has given us six players that, uh, that Todd can turn to and I think over the last 20 games uh, a, a mixture of that uh, you know, 
Uh, the goaltending uh, at key times obviously has helped our, our penalty kill. Our number, our ranking isn't where we want it to. It's headed in the right direction. Uh, the one thing we do do a lot early in the year, more so than we did last year, is take too many penalties. So that's probably the number one thing. Cut down on that, and I think our pennant percentage will go up. So. That's just kind of a quick oversight of the team. I know we'll get into some questions. We can dive into some of that after, but uh, I'd like to turn it to Nelson just to uh, talk about a, a few of the younger players that are up and coming in the rain in, in, in some of the Ontario Junior Leagues. Yeah. Yeah, that was good, Rob. Thanks. And you know what? What a, what, a, what a week to be a hockey fan in L.A. I mean, Saturday was just a tremendous event and, you know, Brownies Day was exceptional. And, you know, you got this tonight and then uh, we surround it with a couple wins. And, you know, I think it's, uh, it's, it's really exciting. It's great to see all those old players back in town Saturday. Uh, I got excited about Matty Nordstrom, that's for sure. Um, it's really good having... Really good having him in town. I mean, I know he couldn't put the puck in the ocean, but man, is he a good guy. <laughs> no, but it is is a good time to be a hockey fan. I see Army sitting out here, and I know he loves hockey. And Derek Armstrong, he's a he's a big hockey fan. He wouldn't be sitting there if he wasn't. That's for sure. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the rain and some of our players there. Some of our players in junior um, players that we hope will be donning Kings jerseys here in the in the next couple of years. Hopefully we can get that slide up there. But uh, the one of the things that that I would like to say is Rob and Luke, and one of the things that uh, we do every day is analytics and stats and every decision that we make. You know, we, we go over everything, and, um, you know, that's what we do every day. I think if you can look up top, it's small, but a couple of things that we see with the rain team, we're the fourth youngest team in the AHL. Um, the average age is 24 years old, and I think what that means is we're putting some of our young players in really important situations. And you know what? And the, I think that the, the neat thing about the whole thing is the team's having a, having a pretty good year. They're challenging for home ice for the playoffs. And like I said, we got good young players playing important roles. I guess the next thing I see on those stats, though, is we allow the most shots in the league. <laughs> and uh, so we look at that every day. We try and figure out why and why is that? I mean, maybe it's as simple as we're, we are young. And that's what happens. Is it as simple as maybe our forwards, you know, maybe want to score too much, aren't thinking about the other end? Is it our defense maybe not being hard enough to play against? But that is a stat that is of interest to us. But then another stat up there on that board, our save percentage. Our goaltenders have the number one save percentage in the AHL. So, I mean, we have to look at that. We have to look at that. That's, that's Phoenix Copley when he was down there earlier. That's Matty Vilalta, who's been a player there for a couple years now, being a little older, more mature. But it's Cal Peterson going down there and playing the right way and doing what he needs to do. So we look at those stats. They mean something, and, and we dive into it every day. Some of the players I want to talk about, and I think it's important to talk about, and hopefully we see them here soon. Uh, the Turcotte boy, I mean, I know we've talked about him here before, but his, the important thing for him is let's start putting games together. Let's go on a string and, and play some hockey, and that's what he's doing now. Um, we saw him a couple weeks ago here with us, and you know what? He played good. Played about six or seven games. He had a couple, hmm, maybe ones that we maybe would want a little better, but for the most part, he was good. And why is he good? The puck follows him around the ice. I mean, he goes to places and the puck seems to come to him. In the American League, 
he's our leading scorer with uh, uh, the highest percentage of uh, what's it, goals, goals, expected, expected goals. Uh, Turk's number one on that team. He's number four in the AHL in expected goals. And it's because he works hard, he's a tenacious player, and the puck follows him around. So that's good, but the important thing, he's stringing, stringing together some games. Uh, Sammy Fagamo. You know what? Sammy scores. He scores goals. Like if Sammy's going to score, or if Sammy's going to score or play 50 games in the American League, he'll score 25 goals. He scores goals. But what Sammy needs to do and what he is good at is he works, he competes, he gets his stick on pucks. He's kind of like if you watch Arvidsson up here with us, when Sammy's playing his game, that's when he's at his best. And he needs to realize once he becomes an NHLer, that's more important probably than scoring those goals. You can't just come to the NHL and think you're going to score. It's all these other little things that you have to do, and he can do them. Uh, he did them at uh, the World Junior Tournament when he was elite and led the tournament in scoring. He's done it in the AHL when he's successful. He'll need to do that here when he comes up here with us. Uh, the next player on that team playing unreal is uh, Jordan Spence. Now I'm, I'm going to steal this. I'm going to steal this from Todd because I want Todd to know that Glenn Murray and I are really good listeners in all his meetings. Um, Jordan Spence last year and this year, it's like every game he plays, every weekend series he plays, he's putting money in his ATM. Okay, so every game he plays. He's adding equity to his game. Okay, so it's okay that he's in the AHL. No player, as a young player that plays in the American League gets worse. It's only going to benefit him. And he's been good last year. He's been good this, this year. And eventually, he's going to fill that ATM up so much that we're going to bring him up here to the Kings and it'll be his time. But for now, he's down there putting money in his, in his bank machine. It's good. Um, the next player that I want to talk about is a kid we have at Harvard. Uh, you might have watched him. He played in the bean, bean pot this weekend or on Monday night. They lost. Uh, Alex Laferriere. This kid, we like him. We talked to him last year. We're, we're, we talked to him after his sophomore year. We'll talk to him again after his junior year. He skates. He's big. He's good on the walls. Um, he plays in hard areas, and he scores goals. We really like him. We've liked him ever since we've drafted him. And he's got about four or five weeks left of his college season. Hopefully they have a good run, and then we'll talk to him again. But exciting player for us. The next player I want to talk about is a kid playing in Kitchener, Pinelli. He needs to have the year he's having this year. Okay, last year wasn't so good. This year has been excellent. Um, almost, he's probably going to score near 40 goals. He's going to have 80 or 90 points. But the biggest thing that he's done is he's become a leader on that hockey club. He's a captain, and he's doing things the right way. He's sticking up for teammates. He's playing hard, and I'm not sure we're allowed to talk about it anymore. He's actually gotten a few fights, too. So, um, But it's a kid that the American League and Derek Armstrong can tell it's hard league. It's a hard league. And when you come at 20, sometimes you don't understand that, but the year he's having this year will really help him when he turns pro, which is going to be soon in a couple of weeks. And then the last guy on our list, uh, Brant Clark. Um, yeah, he should get some claps. This kid is a real, this kid is, he's, he's fun to watch. 
really is. He's in the right place right now. He's in the right place in the OHL. That's where he needs to be. It's okay. It's awesome that we can put him there. Um, but he'll be here soon enough. Why, why, Clark? What I want to say, World Juniors. If you watch World Juniors, that's this kid. He was a little sleepy for the first part of that tournament. He was a little kind of, uh, you know what, doing whatever. But then when the games became meaningful, this kid, his game his game came to life. The championship game, the gold medal game against the Czechs, he wanted to be on the ice. He made a great play to steal a puck in overtime, sent a guy in alone, they win a gold medal. He's a little bit like Drew Doughty. He wants to be out there. He wants a big, he wants a spotlight. And um, you know what? His team's got about five or six weeks left in the season. Then they'll play playoffs. And then it'll be time for him to uh, come to come to our organization. So those are six players. Um, again, hopefully we'll see them, some of them soon. And I think that's it. And then now we'll go to questions. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess Todd, just uh, you'd be the last up here. Thirty wins, sixty-seven points, second place. What's the state of the team from your perspective? Well, I think we're in a good spot right now. Um, the guys have played really hard the first half. We had uh, game after game. The schedule is grueling, uh, more so than may- many, maybe any other team in the in the league. Uh, the break came at a really good time, and now we're trying to get our engine going again. We're, we're, we're out of rhythm a little bit. We've had a lot of pauses. Uh, this three-day break didn't do us any, any wonders, but it's allowed us to practice. And I listened to, to both Rob and, and Nelly talk about players on the, the NHL team and players in the American League. That practice is really important, uh, regardless of uh, if you're Ansi Kopitar or Sammy Fagamo. You need that time, and it allowed us to work on parts of our game that we haven't had a lot of time to work on. Penalty kill. Early in the year, we didn't get a lot of time. Um, we've had more time to do that and uh, to create chemistry with lines and practice, put players in certain situations. Uh, the state of the team in the locker room is really good. I think their belief system's at a, uh, at a really high point right now. Um, they've earned the right to feel confident. Um, they continue to give each other what they need to give each other every day in practice and in the games. Um, we know what's ahead of us, which is important. We know where we are on that, uh, on that line. And um, we look forward to the games that are, that are upcoming. Health will be really important. Um, goaltending with, with both Quickie and, and Phoenix is really important. And that's getting stronger as we go ahead. So um, we're looking forward to the last 27 games. All right. Uh, I want to get to uh, fan Q&A here. Uh, thank you for those of you who submitted your questions uh, in advance, and we'll get a chance to, to run through a few of them uh, right here. Uh, I guess first up, Nelly. Uh, this is from Barso, a season ticket member since 2014. In terms of prospects, who is the future Lemieux, Nolan, or Clifford? And when are the Kings going to draft a player like that or bring one in via trade who can play every day? I think it's just the question might be about, is there anybody in the organization that brings some sandpaper in the lower levels? Well, I think we got... Obviously, Brandon Lemieux does a pretty good job for us in that aspect. Um, I, I think there's two ways. Like, you, you can... You can go and you can get a whole bunch of guys that are big and if they're not effective in different things. Right now, the way, the way our team plays tough 
is is because they're in your face. It's the structure they provide every day. It's not they're not easy to play against. I was talking to a GM on a real good team uh, a few weeks ago on that road trip, and he goes, "Yeah, we knew we had you," and listed a couple other teams coming. And he says, "Big heavy teams." And I I remember telling Nelly in the in the press box said. He said we were big and heavy, but he's, we're big and heavy in the way that we want to play. And, and, and when you're in your face all the time, um, you know, as far as the fighting element, uh, I mean, we, we watched the last two games and you watch Pittsburgh. Uh, we jumped out to an early lead and some stuff at the end of the game. Sean Dersey sticking his nose in there and, and different guys like that. So uh, I, I think it's more of a team element in, in, in that aspect, um, something that we've, we've taken pride in, but a lot of it has to do with the structure we play with that makes it hard to play. It's a lot. It's a lot. Oops, sorry. It's a lot better when the entire team, where everybody is on the ice, jumps in. We saw it this week against Pittsburgh, and that's when you know, as a team, you're a tough team, and that's that's the best thing for us. Well, and the other thing is defining toughness. Um, it's not just about dropping the gloves and fighting. That happens about once every three games now in the league, um, and we're not the lowest. Um, team in the league as far as fights per per game played, uh, we're not the highest team. It's it's really not that important of a stat, but we've asked our players over the last little bit to take up the shot blocking. Um, Sean Dersey, uh, Phil Deneau the other night, we're, we're up 6 nothing and they're blocking shots. Uh, we talk about toughness in the face-off circle, toughness along the boards. Mikey Anderson's wrestling around with Sidney Crosby. He drew him into a game misconduct. But, by the way, did you know did everybody in here know that was the first time in Sidney Crosby's career he's been kicked out of a game? But, but that isn't often recognized as toughness because we, hey, we all like a good fight. We do. And it's time to, to get up and cheer when somebody drops their gloves. But it isn't as recognized and noticed as much when those little things happen in a game, but they all add up at the end of the night. And I've told Rob this in warm-up a lot of times. I look at the other team, I'm going, holy <laughs> these guys are big. <laughs> and I look over at our team, and we're not that big. But that's okay, because we play big. When we get out there, we're not intimidated. We don't get pushed around. Uh, we're going to lose some physical battles in certain areas of the ice. Of course we are. But we're going to win a lot of them, too. And that's toughness. So defining what toughness is, is really important in the organization. And where is the game going? Um, I think we'd all like to have more of the old school element, bring Army back and, you know, play him a few games and get some toughness into it. But, but that doesn't exist anymore. The rules have changed and we can either fall behind or get ahead. And I think we're on the right curve. I got a question here from Ryan Newman, season ticket member, seven years from West L.A. Uh, with the salary, this might be a two-parter, with the salary cap projected to rise only $1 million next year, can you comment on the plan for the goaltending position with Phoenix Copley signed at $1.5 million and with Cal Peterson in Ontario? That might be a two-parter with salary cap and uh, goaltending for next year, Blakey. Well, I think if you look that that combination of, of, of five million and one and a half, six and a half, that's pretty good in goaltending. So, yeah, we understood where the cap was. There's no surprise to us in that aspect. Um, there'll, there'll be a little bit of room this summer. Uh, we project to to help our team or to add to our team in whatever asset we we feel needed. 
Um, but we also, uh, not just us, but if you look at all the teams in the league, they're real tight. But we understood next year may be a tough year. We may get a little break and it might go up. We're not 100% sure on that. But all our numbers and all our factoring this year has been based off of that million-dollar increase. Uh, I did actually want to ask, uh, you know, Nelly, we were talking about uh, some of the younger guys in the team and the age group that they're in. I, you know, I was looking at the roster. I'm just going to pull it up here because I want to rattle them off. Byfield, age 20. Callie of age 21. Rasmus Kupari, age 22. Velarde, 23. Anderson, 23. Anderson Dolan, 23. I mean, not only are these guys learning on the fly right now, they're, they're winning while doing it. I mean, that's a testament, I think, to, to what's going on in the AHL. Like, is this, is this start of a big wave of guys coming along that are going to be making this roster? Well, I think, it's, I think it's great to see what you just said and what you just mentioned. And I think one of the things that, you know, needs to be talked about is they're learning from great pros. I mean, they're learning from winners. And I think when Rob and Luke decided to, you know, build this team and we, we were sitting back there, I mean, these guys are learning from Kopi and from Drew and last year it was Brownie and he got Quickie and Net. So those core players were still around. And if you're a young kid coming into this league, it is so hard. Like it's demanding. You're 20 years old. You're still not mature. You don't really get it. You're playing every other night. It's hard. It's grueling. It's demanding. You got coaches on you. You got your agent calling you. You know your girlfriend, or now you're trying. You might be getting married. You got so much stuff going on. It's so it's so hard for these young kids. But you know, I think we surrounded them by by good players who are good people who have done it before. And, and that's really helped. I think if you look around, around and you see a young kid who's maybe had a tough go of it, sometimes they don't have the, the mentors or, or the older players around them. So um, this group of young players, it's really, it's really awesome. And you know what? Every one of those kids played in the American League. You know, every one of those kids learned, um, learned how to play, and that, that's what that league is for. So, um, no, it's been, it's been good. These kids... Uh, they're, you could say they're learning on the fly, but they're in a situation where we, we want wins. It's about winning, but they're good enough to be in these situations, you know, because they, Todd's not going to put them out there if they're not able to do it, and they're able to do it. I, I have to ask this question because it, it came up from multiple people who submitted in advance. Uh, this is about the, the defensemen that are uh, potentially available out there. Um, when it comes to hits, a lot of this is from Lauren Taylor, a season ticket member for two seasons from uh, Moore Park. When it comes to hits, without Dustin Brown, we're getting out hit a lot of nights. We're on the short end of this. What are the possibilities of acquiring a rugged defenseman that protect other guys on the team? Blakey? I don't know. I, I'm pretty comfortable with the 6D that I just listed before. I think Edler will give you a pretty good hit if you went in the corner with him. Mikey Anderson, I'm not sure that season seat holder wants to go down on Mikey Anderson too many times. So, yeah, yeah. You want a guy that's six foot four, runs around, hits everybody, scores 50 goals, fights everybody in the league? Yeah, we want him, but we can, can't find him. Can so. we also all agree? Can we all agree that Matt Roy is like a sneaky, dirty player? In, like, a really good way. Like, the cold shoulder he does is so fantastic. Uh, I got a couple of quick hitters. I'll go on down the line here. Um, and then uh, if we have a little bit more time, we'll see if we can dive in any more. These are just some fun ones that uh, got submitted that we picked out. Um, from TJ DePerez, a season ticket member 28 years from Whittier. Uh, what is something about yourself 
that would surprise people versus what we uh, already know about you? I'm going to start with you, Luke. What would be something that people don't know about you that would surprise people? Uh, Army? Army? Uh, I got an RV. So you're just, you're living in the RV now. Okay. <laughs> you got to top that, Blakey. No, I thought Luke answered it real well. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Good job, Luke. I have an RV too. Oh, you do? <laughs> Todd, you? borrow mine. I don't have an RV. I don't live in one, but we better win some more games or I will be living in an RV. <laughs> Uh, no, I, uh, I I have a passion for uh, bourbon and whiskey. Uh, I don't <laughs> I don't drink it a lot. I like to collect it. So if anybody has a club or wants to share any, well, uh, got to be good stuff, though. He's not lying. I had long night in Arizona one time because of him. Um, for me, I think uh, I love to surf. Um, I mean, that's something that maybe people don't know. I, I love to surf and don't get to do it as much as um, I used to because boss has me in too early. But um, I tell you, if, if I surf, I got a clear head and my thoughts are good. So I like that. We, we got a passion for red wine, too, if anybody's. <laughs> I know a guy for that. He used to wear number 19. Uh, one last one, uh, just a quick hitter here from Darren Field, the season ticket member since 1996 uh, from Irvine. That's quite a haul to get in for, uh, for games. What is your favorite city to travel to each year in the NHL? Um, thank you. It's always fun to go to Chicago. I haven't been there in a while, but I like going to New York, too. And when we have a chance to go to Canada, it's always special just to get the feeling of hockey. Basically, every hockey town, I guess I said. <laughs> All right, Blakey. Uh, I, I enjoy going back to Toronto just because uh, I grew up not far from that area, and we don't get back there very often. So um, it's a it's a it's a much different feel when you walk into into Toronto and the Maple Leaf Gardens when they're when the game's going on, the intense feel and that. But I think our players enjoy it too, especially the ones that grew up around there. And we've had some some real good ones, obviously with Drew Doughty being from around that area. Uh, but but it's nice to see the respect that the, the the fans in Toronto give him when he goes in there too. So. And for me, I, I think Blakey hit the nail on the head. When you go back to Canada, it's just a little bit different. And Montreal is a really special place. It's, uh, it's, it, it's almost like going to the Hall of Fame while the game is on. There's so many banners and there's always some special um, event going on with a, uh, with a Hall of Fame member. And we're getting closer to that. We've got statues and jerseys and, and that type of stuff. So we're, we're getting closer. The history's getting deeper. And then if you have a day off or two in Nashville, you can have a little bit of fun there. It's, uh, it's music and kind of the hockey environment. And you just have a beer and relax. And I think the players enjoy that as well. And I, I agree. Uh, the Canadian city is Toronto because that's where I'm from. It just has that feel when you walk in. Montreal's unreal. But you know what? I got to give some love for the Midwest. Um, St. Louis, that's an underrated sports city. And it's pretty neat to go back there. Um, any, of those, any of those places in the Midwest. Uh, this was a lot of fun, guys. Really informative. Appreciate the time. Uh, everybody give a round of applause. Luke, Rob, Todd, Nelly. 
Like yeah. we talked with uh, with Todd this morning about Mikey Anderson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just from your perspective, decision to sign him to an eight-year extension. Yeah, well. I think the best thing we, we we have a real good understanding of what Mikey is, but he's risen to a, a real capable defender against top uh, top players, top offensive players in the league. So. Uh, real low maintenance shows up every day. Big part of the leadership going forward with our group too. So, uh, felt that that commitment over time, uh, he, he would, he is the same. He's going to come into his job every day for us. Was the conversation always eight years, or did it uh, organically move to that? Well, the, the summer was a little different just because of his positioning, and we knew cap structure and everything. And then once we got into the season, the talks, uh, you know, went anywhere back and forth on on term in that aspect. But uh, I think we were comfortable with. Uh, uh, with his age and that term, and getting the you know the service through the good years uh, uh, throughout his career. Um, there's some no trade protection. Can you confform? Yes, there is. On the back end, I back think it's end. a ten think, team. Yeah, because yeah, he's got to wait till a certain age to get right, it. Four, so, four, yeah, four we're, years. It's pretty standard with our, our guys at that age. I know you had to do the just the one year on the same in September, like I said, cap stuff yeah. whatsoever. Was was there either at that time or even in the time since did you inform and even informally tell? Or his agents, like we'll, we'll take care of you. This this is what we'll, we can get, no. do now. But oh no, we'll no, I think they understood our position uh, in the summertime. But as far as the desire to have Mikey long term over the course of his career, that that was never going to change. But sometimes you, the the CBA structure, uh, you have to do some different things at different times. How much do you in, in doing this and in that kind of a commitment? I know he's going to be thirty one at the end of it. Yep. How much do you think? All right. What kind of a player will he be, and 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 yep. role the role he'll, he'll be at thirty, thirty one, yep. as opposed to twenty four, yep. twenty five, etc. Yeah, and I think with Mikey right now, you see him partnering with Drew, playing against the best, uh, the top players in the league, and, and that's what he does on a nightly basis. He's anywhere twenty to twenty three minutes a night. That that role, I think, uh, solidifies what he is, and and we've got a good idea of that. I think you're going to see more of his leadership and his command, and I, I've seen him get uh, be a little more physical as the years went on. I, I think once he got one or two years in the league and started to understand uh, his abilities there. We talked about the Trevor Moore signing. I feel yep. like you use a lot of those same words yep. in terms of character leadership. Do you see Mikey in that yeah. secondary core group? Yeah. Even he's a little bit younger than those guys. Yeah, and he he's been vocal in that group uh, right from day one. Um, you know, had pedigree of being a captain also in college and things. But you do see that come out, and uh, I think the guys play a little joke on him today with his jersey during practice. And uh, but. The type of player who who just put it on went out and did this you know practice. He wasn't gonna, he, he was used to, it, but I, I think the guys had fun with him because they really enjoy having him around. We've seen with Mikey how he's been able to somewhat get under the skin of like Leon Dreisaitl yep. last year during the playoffs and Crosby this yeah. most recent game. Is that yeah. kind of more due, yeah. due to how good he is defensively? I, I, I think because he, he skates really well and he gives those guys a little bit of trouble. Um, you know, but he, but he's also he'll stand up physically to that. Uh, but I think any any time those top players are playing against tough defenders, it, it, it gets frustrating over term. But we've seen Mikey take big steps in that. We're comfortable with him out there against those guys. I don't want you to get a tampering charge, so I'm not going to ask yeah. you about a certain player. Yeah, <laughs> are you? But are you looking to add to this team before um, March third? Li- we, we'd like to if if the if it if it fits the right way. I think we're real comfortable where we are sitting right now. Uh, I think the guys have played well. Um, getting these injured guys back, uh, I think, solidifies the forward group. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, and and how they slot in there. Uh, we really haven't had that since uh, probably the first couple weeks of the season. So that'll be nice to get that going. But I, I think every team come deadline they're always exploring all different options and if there's something the, the one thing to be clear it has to make our team better we're not taking away from this team anymore i'm not sure you are you a believer 
in rewarding your club yep. if they've earned it. Yep. Over this. Yep. And and, and they have, weeks. and uh, and I think signing Mike Anderson's rewarding that club. Do you, you see know? this team as a Stanley Cup contender right now? Um. We, I, I think we can compete with some of the top teams, and they've showed that over the time. Uh, I think our defensive structure, I, I'd like to see our group with the, with this offensive group here for a little while to to see. We, we've got a big 27, 28, I think it's 27 games left here uh, just to get in. So that's the battle we're looking at right now. You also resigned uh, Phoenix Copley, yeah. uh, just the decision yeah. to, to give him another year at the rate that he did. Yeah, and I think he's been able to come in, like I said, solidify that, that spot in net for us, and his win-loss record has, uh, has been real good over that time. And, uh, uh, you know, just looking at our goaltender situation going forward, we only had one goalie under contract next year. So, uh, you know, stepping there and, and, and getting him under contract gives us a, a ability there in net too. How's the other goalie under contract doing yeah. in the AHL? Uh, Matt, uh, Cal, Cal yeah. he, he's been good. Both him and Maddie and Nelson touched on it today. Uh, you know, just the overall team save percentage, and uh, uh, he's been getting the wins and, and the goals against. So the last four or five games are down, and um, but th- that was the whole purpose was he, he had to play. And if he wasn't going to play up here, we wanted to get him in as many games possible because uh, we still feel he helped our franchise. I know some of it was touched on, but what what do you think of your team's play and what you see? You know, particularly coming out of the out of the break here and, yeah. and what you want to see. Well, I, I, you know, I think early in the year we, we battled with consistency, and uh, I think we've we've taken a step in the right direction to shore that up. Um, again, it, it's not always easy putting players that have been out of the lineup in the lineup. Todd did a good job coming out of here. I think he, he mentioned it today, the amount of practice time uh, from the break, the three days here. But now we're, we're, we're into playing almost every other night, just like every other team is. So. They've played hard. Yep. No, I think there's there's more to it. There's more to our team. Um, you know, I, I, the one thing they do, they play with well with structure, and and they've been up to challenges. Uh, you know, some of you guys travel on the road with us, and we'll be in tough trips where we got one left, one game left against a real good team. We did against Boston, and and uh, you know they showed up in in Carolina there. To, you know, even to get a point out of that game, but the, the early. But they, they, they show a little bit of character there that uh, is good for us. Over the last couple of years, Drew Doughty has been vocal about how much he enjoys playing with Mikey Anderson yeah. and said at times yeah. he'd like to play with him for another five years. Yeah. How much does, well, he's got eight now. Yeah. <laughs> how much does something like that matter uh, when it comes to well, extending again? No, it does, but it just shows, like I said, Mikey Mikey's character. He's a real good teammate. Uh, first and foremost, and and uh, and I think Drew respects that, and uh, but but also he's easy to play with because he does do that job every single night. And the same thing when we're watching upstairs, we we don't talk a lot about Mikey because he does give you that effort every night. Mike, um, I, I assume one of the most yeah. difficult things at this time of the year is to balance letting the current group group know that they're okay. Yeah. yeah. Yet, do you yeah. do you communicate with the leaders on the group about? What's Maybe needed. adding, you know, yeah. you have to balance that. Yeah, I think our balance, I mean, a little bit of our balance is can, can, the, younger, can the younger players, the ones that have got some duty or, or, or starting to solidify themselves in the lineup, it's better to let them keep going, <laughs> you know. Right. You don't want to bring something in that's going to throw that mix off. I, I think we have a good mix right now, and, and I think they're real comfortable in Todd's style. And, and so to bring anything in there, um, like I said, I think the very first, it, it has to improve our team. And uh, with, without taking anything out of that lineup, uh, you know, it has to add to that team to make you better. What do you think 
was the, the defining moment for Adrian Kempe? Like, what changed? <laughs> I don't know. We did, we, you know, it's funny. We've gone over this so many times because we do. We have Kaparis, we have Byfields, Kaliyevs, and that. And when? So I looked at Adrian, I think it was 12 goals, 14 goals, 13 goals. All of a sudden, it's 34. Right. And now it's right back on pace 27 again. Like, it, um, but I think the overall just his understanding of the league and, and the ability to say, you know what, I, I can score goals. I can beat these guys. Now he's getting the opportunities, too. He's on the first unit. He's playing with Kopitar. He's getting a lot of minutes here at Successful. He came in by earning his minutes by playing well defensively. He, he never really uh, came in and was going to cheat for offense. It was right from day one in that. Uh, I think his confidence in knowing the league and, and just taking authority in that. Like I just want... With Mikey Anderson, yeah. have you met a young player that has such a great communication yeah. style, strength, power? I don't know. The, and, and, and a good word is like presence. Like mm-hmm. it, it's, and, and you know, even with the, the little jokes the guys played on him today, but it's because of who he is, and, and and he does have that presence immediately when he walks in. But it, but he did have that in college too, and and so it's been around him and part of his game. I, I saw a big difference probably, I think we brought him in right near the end of the first season there, and he played, you know, I don't know, 20 or 30 games near the end. But then the next season, then you, you saw the physical element start coming too. You know, not not only, hey, I can play against it, I can, I can defend them, I skate well enough, I'm in the right, but now you're starting to see the physical challenge, and I think he likes likes that ability to do that. Rob, while I got you here, yeah. what do you attribute Kobe's staying power to? Because, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, there's there's been other, obviously... Yeah. You know, players, great, you know, players around mm-hmm. his age whatsoever, and they've, you know, maybe fallen off or started, yeah. or, you know, considering how, how much yeah. they've played and how they've been taxed, but he's still, yeah. still chugging here. He is, and um, it, it's, it's ironic. He just asked that because his dad's in town right now, and if you sat with his dad for about a half hour, you'd probably figure a lot mm-hmm. of that was uh, uh, bred into him when he was young. Just a, and it's not a lot. I mean, hockey-wise, for sure. But I think just the type of person he is, um, he, he's real professional. Like it's, uh, Mike Anderson's not far. I mean, you just asked me about, and now come, Kopi might be the only other guy that I've had that that has this presence every single day. Uh, very, very consistent in his work ethic and everything. And um, you know, but you, but you see it constantly but we are really fortunate that we can surround byfield cali you can name all these young players uh with kopitar but is, is it things away particularly away from the ice over the summers yeah that again staying high? yeah no i think it's just the, the way he plays every day probably the guy that i play with most similar would be joe sackett just good every day like they're they're professionals uh, i've heard it about nick lidstrom in detroit never spent time playing with them but they, 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 these guys just show up and they do their job, but they, they do it here. He's going to do it tonight. You know, he's going to do it uh, when the team needed something away from the rink or that. He, he's always a voice of that. Well, when it comes to Mike, you, you see yeah. his defensive game. You talked about the physicality. Yeah. That. Where's your ceiling with regards to maybe become a little bit more offensive? Yeah, and I, I think that that will come with the steps in that. Uh, the, the one thing he does, he, he does really work on his game in the off season, like uh, wh- whether it's going to be a shot or, or whether he's doing video to see where he can be offensively. He's real smart hockey sense wise uh, on the defending side. And that should transition. He, he skates well and everything, but uh, that, that would be the round uh, for his game. I, I think he's made his basis with what he's going to do. He's going to defend uh, first and foremost, and we can explore the others. How surprised are you that Matt Roy has seven goals? Yeah, well, a shot though. He's got a real good shot. Always has. 
good and heavy shot. But that goal last night, like not not only the movement after it, but to get himself open and then mm-hmm. to put it home. So uh, no, it's good for, good for Maddie. He uh, like I said, he's real. He stabilized any partner, anything we put there. Stable. And like I said, that's a tough chore to ask Sean Dursey to go to the left side and play against uh, top top lines because you're you're playing top four minutes. Uh, a big benefit to him was Matt Roy on the other side. When you had your number retired, you asked <laughs> Matty Nordstrom to sit yeah. alongside you when the yeah. banner went up. Yeah. Any similarities between Anderson and Nordstrom, and any similarities between him and Dowdy and you and yep. Matt? We had a function for Dustin. Uh, I think it was Wednesday night. Uh, you know, prior to his jersey retirement, and uh, uh, Nelson and I were uh, Emerson were there at the end, and um, with Maddie and and, and as the, uh, some of our younger players are coming by, he's stop and introduce him, and that's exactly what Nelson said to to Matt. He said, "That's a younger uh, young uh, to to Mikey." Said, "There's a younger Maddie Nordstrom there." So very, uh, you know. Basically, what they do, they they compliment the player they're playing with, and they help them. So you, like, I always knew Maddie would do the exact same job every day, and I'm sure Drew looks over at Mikey, and when he says he enjoys playing with him, because he understands what kind of job he'll do every night for him. 